0: Hello and welcome back to the adventures of Lola Badiola. In the last chapter, Lola was in the offices of Gonzalo Garrido, discovering how much she had to lose from Tech Spaniard's lawsuit. In this episode, we are going to return to the offices of J Block and find out how JJ, Diego, and Cayetano Tolosa feel about the current
1: situation. Here we go. The Adventures of Lola Badiola Chapter 40 Pretty Boy Cayetano sat at his desk eating an apple. It was late evening and J-Block was quiet. A small group of programmers were tapping away on their keyboards, completely oblivious to his existence. He unbuttoned the top of his shirt and took out the small golden cross that was hanging at the end of his necklace. He was Catholic by birth, but had long since given up practicing Christianity. He held the cold, smooth metal between his thumb and forefinger as he contemplated his next move. At the other end of the room, J.J. and Diego were deep in discussion. The door to J.J.'s office was slightly open, and Cayetano could hear the murmurs of the conversation within, but he was unable to understand anything that was being said. He took a final bite of his apple and then walked over to the rubbish bin that was nearest to J.J.'s office. He stood there, hidden from their sight, but close enough to hear the discussion. No trace of Pluto, said Diego. Nobody has heard of him. The guy's a ghost. So, who do we think he is? There are only two options. An anonymous hacker working for a hostile government or an inside job. There was a long pause. Okay, replied J.J. quietly. He walked over to the window of his office and looked down at Gran Vía below. It was full of people coming and going. There were tourists discovering the centre of Madrid, groups of teenagers shouting and screaming, and young couples on the way to enjoy a romantic meal for Valentine's Day. J.J. turned back to Diego. I'm running out of money. His voice betrayed a tone of vulnerability that Diego had never heard before. He continued... We've fallen a long way behind the business plan. He opened a printout that his accountant had prepared for him and flicked through some of the pages. On the revenue side, we'd projected income streams from January with a steady monthly increase throughout the year. In reality, we don't have a single client signed up. We don't have anyone on the horizon. He turned to another page of the report On the cost side, we're running about 50% above budget since I started paying everyone overtime to search for Pluto. He threw the report onto the table in front of him. The cash burn is killing me, Diego. Diego stroked his big bushy beard and thought for a moment. Then he said, We could reduce costs. For a start, we don't need to be in this big fancy office. J.J. shook his head. I signed a long-term lease with the landlord. Diego suggested another option. We could stop working overtime. We could even take a pay cut. Once again, J.J. shook his head. Even if we reduce costs to a bare minimum, it doesn't make the business viable. For that, we need a source of revenue. We need to make some sales. We need to find some goddamn clients. J.J. ran his fingers through his hair, took a deep breath, and then sat down on his chair. He leaned back with his hands behind his head. Do you remember that lunch we had at Gordon Ramsay's fish restaurant? How could I forget? Yeah, it was special. The two of them were lost in thought for a moment, and then J.J. continued. I said to you then that Lola was the key to getting our business off the ground. I remember. I said that she was our greatest strength, but also our greatest weakness. Yes. There was another long pause. Cayetano leaned closer to the open door to ensure that he could hear every word that was being said. He needed to know exactly what was happening to the business, what they thought about Lola, and what they planned to do next. The two managers were speaking quietly, and Cayetano had to strain his ears to hear the words. He hadn't noticed that the keyboard tapping around him had stopped. He hadn't noticed that all the programmers were now silently staring at him. "'What are you doing, pretty boy?' asked Van Dyke, Cayetano looked up in surprise. Are you lost? asked Velasquez. Like any consummate salesman, Cayetano was able to think on his feet. My apple core, he said, regaining his composure. He showed them the remains of his fruit and then threw it into the nearest rubbish bin. Then he flashed them all a diamond white smile and walked back to his desk. Little by little, the noise of typing once again filled the office as the programmers got back to work. Cayetano sat down, took out his iPhone and scrolled down his contact list. Then he sent the following message. It's time. What
0: is Cayetano up to? We will find out in a future episode. First, let's do some business English. And today, we're going to start off with phrasal verbs. Have a listen to these
1: sentences again. JJ turned back to Diego. I'm running out of money. His voice betrayed a tone of vulnerability that Diego had never heard before.
0: Two very common phrasal verbs in business English are to run out and to sell out. If you are running out of something... It means that you are depleting your resources. It means that there is only a small quantity of something left. And it implies that you need to replenish your stocks. You can be running out of money. You can be running out of time. Or you could be running out of ink in your color printer. We all know how that feels, right? Now, a related phrasal verb is to sell out. And that means that you have very little or none of your product remaining because demand is so much greater than supply. Supermarkets were selling out of toilet paper during the COVID pandemic. Harry Styles concert tickets generally sell out in less than five minutes when they are released. My youngest daughter, Violeta, is obsessed by Harry Styles. And when she discovered that he was coming to Madrid in July 2023, she insisted that we get tickets for his concert. The tickets were released at 10am on a Tuesday. She was at school, so it was therefore my responsibility to buy the tickets. And I knew how difficult this was going to be. But I was determined to make it happen. If I succeeded, I would be the coolest dad on the planet. And the following eight months would be full of love, happiness and excitement. If I failed, I would be in the doghouse. So it was an all or nothing scenario. I entered Ticketmaster website, half an hour before the tickets went on sale, on three separate computers, simultaneously. I had three credit cards ready, in case one of them failed. And I waited, constantly refreshing the screens of my computers. At exactly 10am. I gained access to the sales process and I was informed that I had eight minutes to choose my tickets and pay for them. Otherwise, I would go to the back of the queue and have to start again. So my heart was beating and my palms were sweaty as I entered the numbers of my credit card and waited. A couple of seconds later, I was informed that I had indeed purchased four tickets for the Harry Styles concert. And not just any tickets, but the best tickets in the arena. Tickets right next to the stage. And I must admit, I felt quite euphoric. I felt like a teenage girl who just realises that she has tickets for a Harry Styles concert. And at the time of recording this podcast... We still have another seven months before the concert happens, but almost every day we are listening to Harry Styles and looking forward to our big day out. I am, if only temporarily, the coolest dad on the planet because I was able to buy Harry Styles tickets before they ran out or, more specifically, before they sold out. Okay, let's move on to our second phrasal verb.
1: Here it is. We've fallen a long way behind the business plan. He opened a printout that his accountant had prepared for him and flicked through some of the pages. To flick is to move or hit something
0: with a short, sudden movement. You might flick your hair out of your eyes. You might flick the football to your centre-forward. In this case, we are using the phrasal verb to flick through, which is what you do when you are quickly scanning or reading a magazine or book. You flick through the pages with short, sudden movements. OK, let's move on to this interesting word.
1: Listen carefully. No trace of Pluto, said Diego. Nobody has heard of him. The guy's a ghost. No trace of Pluto. What is a trace? Well,
0: it's evidence of the existence or the passing of something. So the criminals might try to remove all traces of their presence at the crime scene. There may be traces of alcohol and marijuana in the bloodstream of the person who caused the crash in their car. A trace is a sign that someone or something has been present. Now, one of the advantages of blockchain technology is the concept of traceability, the idea that we can track and follow a digital process from its origin through all of its stages to its current situation. For example, if you are issuing electronic tickets for the next Harry Styles concert in Madrid, it is interesting for you to trace the movements of those tickets, how the original purchaser sells them to an agency who then sells them at a premium to another customer. It allows you to observe and then regulate the movements of digital assets because you can trace their movements. They have traceability.
1: Okay, here is a metaphorical business expression. Listen carefully. On the revenue side, we'd projected income streams from January with a steady monthly increase throughout the year. Literally, a stream is a
0: small river. And income is the money made from a company's activity. So if we talk about income streams we can visualize the movements of money from various different sources flowing into our company. How many income streams does your company have? In the case of our company we have three main income streams. Firstly we have Club Grattan, that's the subscription based business English service. Secondly we offer public speaking workshops. And thirdly, we offer keynote speeches. And each of these activities are sources of money for our business. In other words, they are income streams. Okay, here's another metaphorical business expression.
1: Listen carefully. He threw the report onto the table in front of him. The cash burn is killing me, Diego. It's pretty easy to
0: understand the metaphor of cash burn. It concerns the money that you are spending in order to build your business. So startup companies generally have no revenue at the beginning of their business. They are supported by investments from the founders and from venture capitalists. This is the cash that they need in order to build the business. And the rate at which they spend this money is known as the cash burn. So in the case of J Block, JJ has invested his own money. He has considerable expenses for his company. So he's rented out the premises in the center of Madrid. He's paying his employees salaries. He's also bought the necessary equipment in order to build his business. However, Jblock currently has no clients, and therefore it has no income. It is using up the money that J.J. has invested, and there is currently no money coming in to replace it. This is known as cash burn, and it clearly is something of great concern to J.J. Thompson, and any founder of a business or venture capitalist who's investing in a business. Okay, let's now move on to something completely different. Let's talk about religion.
1: Have a listen to these phrases again. He unbuttoned the top of his shirt and took out the small golden cross that was hanging at the end of his necklace. He was Catholic by birth, but had long since given up practicing Christianity. How many different religions can you name in English?
0: And what are the most common religions of the world? Let's do a quick review. Okay, the number one religion in the world, the most popular religion, followed by the greatest number of people, is Christianity. You can be a Catholic, you can be a Protestant. There are various different ways where you can express your Christianity, but you are essentially a Christian. 2.4 billion people consider themselves to be Christians. The second most popular religion in the world is Islam. And if you follow the Islamic faith, you would consider yourself to be a Muslim. 1.9 billion people in the world consider themselves to be Muslims. Okay, third on our list are people who don't consider themselves to have a religion. And there are various different ways that they would describe themselves. They might describe themselves as atheist, like actively not believing in God. They might describe themselves as agnostic, like not having a strong view one way or another. They could also describe themselves as non-religious or secular. And 1.2 billion people in the world consider themselves to fit into this category. Okay, the fourth and fifth most popular religions in the world are Hinduism, 1.2 billion, and Buddhism, 500 million. Now, here's the interesting thing. When I was going through the data, I discovered that Judaism is only followed by around 15 million people that represents 0.18% of the world's population. A very, very tiny fraction of the world's population considers themselves to be Jewish. I don't know about you, but I found that quite surprising. My assumption was that it would be much greater than that. But actually, the number of Jewish people in the world Is really relatively low. Certainly when you compare it to Christians, Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists. Okay, I hope you found that review of vocabulary related to religions interesting. Let's move on to a
1: related expression. Have a listen to this again. We need to make some sales, we need to find some goddamn clients.
0: If someone or something is damned by God, it has offended the Almighty and has been punished. It is beyond salvation. It is destined to spend eternity outside the gates of heaven. So if we say something is God damn, then we are expressing extreme displeasure or maybe anger or even frustration. It's an informal expression. It is considered by some to be offensive. But the main point is, it is used to add emphasis to what is being said, to how you are expressing your displeasure, your anger, or your frustration. Now, in the story, J.J. Thompson is expressing his frustration that even though the company is burning so much cash, they have yet to secure any income by engaging any clients. Okay,
1: one final expression. Here it is. Like any consummate salesman, Cayetano was able to think on his feet. My apple core, he said, regaining his composure. The idea behind thinking on
0: one's feet comes from the image of someone Speaking before an audience, public speaking, especially if you are answering questions or you're debating someone else's viewpoint. Thinking on one's feet refers to someone who can respond quickly to changing circumstances and unanticipated questions or challenges. So, like any good salesman, Cayetano Tolosa can think on his feet. He can react quickly and convincingly to unexpected questions or objections. In fact, one of the key skills of a salesperson is to be able to respond to a prospect's objection to buying your product. You have to be ready, you have to be prepared, but also you have to be quick and spontaneous. Would you consider yourself to be someone who can think on their feet or do you like to sit down and take your time and consider your answers well with that question we come to the end of today's class if you'd like to study advanced English in more detail then please join Marina and me in our online business English platform that's one of our business's income streams as you know Just search Club Grattan and you will find us. We hope you can join us for the next episode of the podcast. Until then, keep bringing English into your life. And I hope to see you at the next Harry Styles concert in July 2023.